This is the Mod Pod, brought to you by Modality, helping businesses optimize their Microsoft technologies everywhere. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Mod Pod, and we have uh, a larger audience than normal this time. Uh, we have uh, Om Lackenpal, uh, pre-sales consultant. We have Chris Burns, technical architect. Welcome back, Chris. And we have Steve Menser uh, from our productivity team, and welcome back to you, Steve. Uh, today's topics, we've got two. Uh, we are going to look at whether we should be focusing on business objectives rather than picking out nice shiny technologies and we're going to talk about mesh and the metaverse and where and if it fits into the working world so episode 22 let's correct the handle and get going right hello everybody um my name is Om Lackenpal, and today's topic of choice is going to be centered around the need to focus on the business objectives rather than deploying technology just for the sake of it. Okay. Now, you might be asking, what does that actually mean? I've got a few points I want to make just before I come out with my two questions that I want to bring out to the audience today. So, first of all, um, organizations are finding themselves in today's market having to change and transform themselves just because the way that the markets are grow, uh, growing. Um, they're finding that their revenue models are changing. They're finding that, their, that the solutions that they are taking out to market are changing. And they're also finding out that their, their competition uh, that they're now competing with is changing as well. You know, they're becoming more agile, they're becoming more uh, niche, and they, they operate over the internet. So, so you know, it's, it's quite a, cha a challenging moment for a lot of organisations. And I think the, the reasons I've come up with these questions today around business objectives is because we do spend a lot of time with technology and technology does get deployed out in a lot of organisations free and nilly. So the questions I have for today are, do we focus on understanding a business's uh, objectives and challenges more than just rolling out technology for the sake of it and, and just keeping up to date? And the yeah. second one there is around how can we then free up employees within that organization to spend a bit more time concentrating on the business objectives rather than spending all the time keeping the lights on? Yeah. So they're the two okay. questions I have today. So can I jump in first of all? Because I think there's, like, there's an hour of each of these. <laughs> yeah. There's two questions. We could spend ages on both of them. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I've said to a number of clients in the past is the technology and rolling it into business is kind of like um, DIY at home. You don't think I'm going to buy a chainsaw and then go into your garden and think, right, what can I do with it? Unless you're a serial killer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got bigger business problems if that's the case. Um, but fundamentally, the message is, I've got a tree that I need to cut down. I'll go and get a chainsaw. It's not, I'm going to buy a chainsaw and then walk around the house and see what I can do. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of mentality. You you should be looking at technology, say, okay, there's a shed load of technology out there. What, what are my problems? And um, can I fix it with that? 
it's a, it's a very simple analogy. Yeah, and that, yeah. you can kind of add to that because let's say, all right, you bought the chainsaw, but you know, <laughs> do you actually know how to operate it? So it, you know, yeah. you kind of get into that as well. So you may you may know the tool that you need <laughs> to use, but you do you know how to operate it and are you the right person to operate it, it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly i think it's, isn't there a case of here it depends on the mindset right so to answer your original question here rom it depends on who's asking because generally if you ask a techie they're going to say right i can make the tool fix a job whereas a, an exec will say this is the problem that i need fixing and somewhere in the between we have and i think the type of person to take your analogy there peter right is there's probably two types of people, right? There is the kind of person that will go out and buy a screwdriver that fits that exact screw. And then there's the other type of person who is like me, chief scare, will say, I want a multi-tool, right? Because I'm going to fix the problem, all of these problems that come through with the multi-tool. And if we put this into Om's point, is it, do we look at the mic, and I was speaking to a customer earlier on today, do we look at the Microsoft product set and say, I want to fix the problem with Microsoft because that's what we've already bought, we've already subscribed, we've already got those tools available to us. And it's a wide feature set in 365 and it can fix a lot of problems. But the specific example that was given to today was signing, digital signing. Now, Microsoft doesn't have a really good Adobe sign or a DocuSign kind of product. Mm. Um, so the question there is, is that what product do you bring to to the to the table and i think you might find that that particular customer saying i'm going to use a microsoft product to fix that problem whereas om i think what you're saying is is what is the problem that needs fixing and let's go and get the right tool for that yeah yeah that's right yeah i mean i mean the reason i, I came with this question was i mean it's quite interesting because i went to a, i went to one of my neighbors houses uh, houses a few weeks ago and i thought oh this would be an interesting topic and i went in there and i thought this 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 my neighbor had a simple tv set it had, it had no it had no set box or no technology sitting around his uh, TV. He just had a simple TV and he was watching all the channels that come free with the, with the TV set. And then I was comparing that him, him with myself saying, right, we've got a Skybox, you've got a Virgin box, you've got a, a Fire Stick, you've got all these different types of technology. But how many of that technology am I actually using and how much of it do I actually know that I've actually got there? It, it just felt to me that, hold on, am I actually keeping the uh, am I actually using technology for the sake of it or am I buying it just for the sake of it or am I actually trying to use it to deliver let's say tv programs for the kids to watch it in the evening yeah. it, it just gave me a little bit of there's a lot of stuff there but what it's, are we trying to address it's it's, it's interesting though because I, th I, th I think you know one of the things that was mentioned earlier on uh, I think you mentioned it Chris is the viewpoint held by the line of business owners, the various different departments, the people on the ground are the people who experience the problems. There's, there's, there's a great diagram that you can check on the internet called the iceberg of ignorance, which is basically the higher up you go, you know, the, the, the business at the top, the, 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 sort of the, the, the really, really senior people um, will see the, you know, the iceberg poking out the bottom, you know, right the way down towards the actual first line workers, the, the people who are crunching numbers at the office, they're the ones who will be more and more aware of the problems that they're faced. So in some respects, your IT strategy of whatever it is you want to solve has to have input from those people right at the bottom because you take away their pain points 
100% right at the bottom. That sounds derogatory to anybody who works, <laughs> doesn't it? But you know what I mean? Who, who the right train. at that, yeah. you know, at that, at, at that sort of um, front line. Place, yeah. yeah. They're the ones whose pain points you need to take away and you sort of gradually work it up. But your business strategy, your IT strategy up the top, how many times does it actually look at the business and go, so these these people here how can we make their life better yeah and i well, think that's a fundamental yeah. problem because you know a lot of businesses as well you know in the last two years would have gone right turn on teams quick bang or whatever it may yeah. be yeah without actually looking at you know i mean we we talk about the the m365 stack and there's obviously there's you know it goes far far wider than that with your example chris you have basically this massive tool sets but you've got to establish what the problem yeah. is and that's why things are now much more i think conversations are much more productivity based not necessarily to to make people uber efficient by automating everything etc but just by using the technology to say well actually you could put in a process that will do xyz i think we've been driven to it as well right the pandemic is driven to say the, the old school way of fixing a problem might be we have more meetings, right? But the pandemic's meant that everybody has to work from home, so tools come into it. I think mm. that the, the ultimately is we have to remember that no matter what tool we use, yes, it might be cool to introduce teams, but it's got to, so it's got to solve a problem. I mean, it would be great for us as consultants and salespeople to go in and say, right, you need you need dynamics, you need this, you need this, you need this. And if every customer of ours said, it was tools driven say yeah i'll take that and i'll find a problem to solve i think the real world doesn't work like that right it is somewhere in between some people will come to us with a view of saying i want to use teams to fix this problem but they already know it's a video conferencing or it's a productivity well generally most of our customers don't really see it more than video communication and collaboration now we're starting to introduce that productivity side to it but they've come with a view to us to say i've got a problem with this might be my employees are working from home. I need them to work together. We need teams to help assist yeah. that. So I, I don't think we would ne necessarily have somebody in the business that would say, well, I mean, might be might be an untruth that I was going to say, this is the problem. <clears throat> but by the time they come to us, they've already got an idea of what tools they want yeah. to yeah. fix it. I mean, it's, so I think it's, a bit, it's a bit mixed. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I mean, just going back to some of these workshops, I used to carry out these workshops a while ago. I used to call them these agile workshops, and in, and in these workshops, you used to sort of get together uh, representatives from different parts of the organisation. So we used to get the business community, HR community, tech community, and put them all into a single room and sit down and talk to them about what their challenges are. So it's interesting because in that in that environment, you used to get you used to see and visualise organizations not talk to each other within their organization so you used to have the business leaders never used to talk to the IT leaders and the IT leaders not talking to the HR leaders in the sense of what's important to that organization so for example you know the business wants to make revenue they want to deploy solutions that make that revenue real for them the IT used to have used to look at it from a different angle let's get all the latest products to, you know, like let's say, for example, we want to get all the Office 365 stack or M365 stack, but they weren't really addressing it, the, the actual, the objectives of what the company was trying to do. But getting them into a single room together and to knock their heads together, I think that's quite key, really, because sometimes organisations need external people to come in and talk to them about what they're trying to achieve and getting, getting an outside view of things, if that makes sense. Yeah, 
and it kind of it kind of brings back to um, Pete's point in terms of yeah speak to those guys on the ground because yeah you've got all those business leaders and so on but if you don't have those guys on the ground who know you know what processes processes they need to actually generate that revenue or make things efficient and so on then mm. you know you'll end up putting a you know a piece of technology that might not even help them right, yeah. Well, so, yeah there was there was an interesting on that specific point uh, one of the companies I worked for uh, in the past um they gave it some sort of funky name but basically what they did was they sent out <clears throat> a questionnaire um and it was a very simple questionnaire it's like it was something along the lines of you know so what's your problem how would you think you would fix it do you have suggestions etc and they weren't looking for answers necessarily but they sent this to absolutely everyone in their organization in the uk and said just tell us and it took them ages to collect all, all the stuff here i mean it's microsoft forms and all that sort of stuff so it made it nice and simple to actually retrieve it but off the back of it you get straight into the into the the weeds of what the frontline problems are for the various different divisions and so something like that i think is a massively valuable exercise because you could sit there and just go oh you know actually everything's fine apart from the fact that i have to duplicate this email 10 times and send it to six different people and collect all their answers together whatever the you know whatever the issue might be but you're getting it right from the frontline source yeah 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 and how many organizations take the time to do something like that not many and you know again productivity organizations really need to think about you know what is productive you know what makes someone productive in their you know specific area you're you're asking the question what's the most amount of time you waste really yeah well talking about waste i mean i mean going back to my second question around is there things there that can actually take a lot of that repetitive stuff and the the wastage that employees are doing to free them up to do other things Mm. but i've heard of things like bots and and automation and uh, things like you know self-service and all these different types of gadgets you can get just to speed up and and some of the repetitive stuff gets done by these different products and yeah. the, 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 the employees then become free to do, concentrate on more of the the business objectives if that makes sense so here's the controversial question to back to you then Arm, right where does that come from where does that initiative come from do you give let's say an it uh, an it organization or not even an it organization any organization who IT strategy is normally involved in IT, the IT department building something with teams and its productivity, right? The end user, these citizens developments who developers who know what problem they want to fix. They know that they can bring up a team's bot. They know that they can bring a power app pretty quickly spin up, right? It doesn't need teams to do. Would you agree or disagree? And I, I don't know what the answer to this is, right? Do you empower your end users to build solutions to their to their problems using teams applications or do you put it back to a central source to say we will build that for you and i think that's probably an age old question i've got an opinion on this it's a great thing to talk about because i've been in as a as a consultant into organizations and 
primarily it was during sort of the the lotus notes days and, and stuff like that when people were starting to really move away into exchange the amount of apps that have been created within those environments okay so who looks after it yeah. oh they left about 10 years ago you got it documented anywhere no so i love the idea of people being able to solve their say their own problems i think there then becomes a supportability issue in the slightly longer case so as long as it's documented fed back in and maybe you say yeah you can create your own thing but actually we need this 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 information for our records yeah. if you do it on a central piece then obviously you've got a greater level of control mm-hmm. but i think the, the the key issue to it is regardless of who actually fixes the problem you have to ask someone what the problem is exactly in yeah. the first yeah. place so i'm quite a fan of saying to people right where are your problems collect the problems together take it to it and prioritize them with the business and then set them away right fix that yeah, one yeah. yay fix that one yay fix yeah that well, one. let me yay. ask you a quick question there though pete is that the most efficient way of doing it and say to it oh, you never go and that. fix it because if you're if if you you've asked you you've asked Steve and you've asked Tom you've got six months worth of work for IT to go and build the solutions and then there's little old me on the end going, please sir can I have this Excel macro created or whatever it may be, um, I've got to wait six months then the problem that I'm facing is could become yeah. been and gone by then, I mean yeah. I, that, I don't know that comes down to what you know how you want to approach it whether or not you want to say yes you can build your own thing but we need all of this support information from you. Absolutely. And I mean, I used to call it the Microsoft Access problem, right? Because so many times <laughs> in a previous life, Microsoft yeah. Access apps became built because somebody was scratching an itch and then it yeah. became central to the company. Yeah. yeah. And I'd thanks like for, to thanks think... for bringing that Twitch back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but I'd like just, to think just... that Microsoft very quickly, just, yeah. sorry, Rob, but I'd like to think that if we take the teams, this is where our specialism is on the 365 stack, right? I'd like to think that we've moved beyond that, that what people can create are almost more similar to an Excel function, right? Because yeah. an Excel function is easier to pass around people who are existing in the business rather than IT having to pick that Excel function up compared to a Microsoft Access database, which almost always ended up back at IT once that person who was maintaining it left the organization. Yeah, but just going back to the, the core question I have today is, if you think about it, it's all this technology, and we, you can see that we love all this technology and different angles we can take it to. There's also the business that's changing, in the and their world is changing in terms of having to now, if, if you like, create new revenue streams and new ways of doing things because otherwise they'll go out of business. And it's these two things where you've got the business, you've got the technology, and it's just, do we now focus more on the technology and make sure we are doing the right things and spending the right technology on the right things. And and I was I was trying to go against the situation where some organizations, some people think, oh, let's get let's get the latest technology, just keep up to date, and that's it. But there's a yeah. need, there's a little balance that you have to have here, isn't there really? I think I think, you know, and we're almost at time for this one, but I think from my side, it's a very strong feeling that it should be driven by the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's about the productivity, whether that's about refreshing things, whether that's opening up new capabilities, IT will always come up with some great ideas. But if they're not the things that are actually going to solve the problems for the business, yeah. it's going to be a sort of, you know, it's going to be used for a little bit and then left. I think it has to be, for me, 100% driven by the business nowadays. Yeah. 
and my experience of, yeah, yeah my experience of working is, is every time as an I, when i was an it manager if i wanted to introduce something i had to justify it against my fd my fd would say well what problems exist yeah it sounds cool but what's it going to do for the business? I don't think I ever got away with saying, I want to introduce this. It's not going to do anything. It's going to cost a hundred grand, but it's not going to fix anything. I don't think I well, ever got away with that. Well, I, th I, th I think, uh, do you know, I think this is a perfect place to end because that whole question, what's it going to do for the business ties in very nicely Perfectly. to <laughs> the next bit. <laughs> so let's not, uh, <clears throat> let's not give our, uh, our cards away just yet, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we've, we've, we've sort of, covered that one off but let's go on to topic two and pick up <laughs> where we've just left off <laughs> brilliant okay so for topic two um as we've just picked up um my question is is microsoft mesh which is being introduced with teams um Big question is going to be is what is it? And I'm hoping to explore that with the team today. Um, is it going to be useful in a business and where does it fit in the business world? Um, so for those that don't know, I think the easiest way to say Microsoft Mesh is this is communal VR um, and the idea of teams being a gateway into a virtual room or a virtual meeting room. I think it's great. And to pick up your point in the last one, um, I think it's going to be a, a product that will be absolutely embraced in the future. The question is, is <laughs> will it be justified? And I'd love to understand. I'd love to hear your thought process. Right. So we obviously, when we talk about what we're going to do on the on the Mod Pod, we have a little pre-chat, don't we? <laughs> and we just agree the topics that we want to talk about, but we don't go any further, particularly than that. But when we were talking about this uh, earlier in the week, I think from my angle, I, I get what the metaverse is as a concept. Um, I get the, obviously I get the concept of virtual reality. Um, but there are probably many people in sort of my position and similar positions within the corporate world, et cetera, sitting there going, yeah, but these things don't exist. So <laughs> what am I, what am I getting? And I think that's going to be a massive concept yeah. to get across to people to go, actually, yeah, okay, I, I could go to a virtual coffee machine and speak <laughs> to a virtual chris you know you can just see see the cogs turning in people's brain going yeah. he's showing his age though he's showing his age <laughs> I, I think my age is showing anyway mate I don't <laughs> but it's a very real problem because yeah. if we take from the end of the last conversation things have to be driven from the business you're going to have a business people sitting there and people of my age group going, yeah, uh, and uh, so yeah. I've got a virtual office now, but I've, I, I've got a real office over there. It's yeah. an interesting one this way, right? Because we, as you say, in the pre-meeting that we had, um, we spoke about what becomes a, a gimmick or a trend or a, you know, and video calling, right? 
I'm old enough, and I'm, I've, I've got the grey hairs to prove it. I'm old enough to know that when once upon a time when I went to my FD, said I wanted to put a, a Skype for business, or back then it was Link. And the pushback I had is, is why do we need to do video calls? Just pick up the phone. Now, in this world and where we are now, I can't imagine us, especially at Modality, I can't imagine us not having video uh, video calls mm. because it's become so, so ingrained. So when does it, when does a feature become, a, when does it stop becoming a fad or stop becoming a gimmick? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. That, and, I th- and I think, you know, and, and again, just in my own slow, as it's been nicely pointed out, old brain. Um, <laughs> If I think about virtual reality, right, and I think about the office space and maybe going to a meeting space with with other virtual, you know, entities in there, I'm not going to call them people because they're not, are they? <laughs> um, I have this stupid picture in my head of me as an avatar walking down a corridor to get to an office. Now, I know that's not the concept, <laughs> but you just have this picture of, well, yes, I'll go down there. And it's like, oh, there's somebody still in the meeting yeah. room. I'll turn around. And come. It, well, I'm overlaying. Well, let me put an idea. The let, let me see if I can give you with something that might change that, right? Think about an all-hands meeting in teams that we have, right? How many people are joining our all-hands? We're talking possibly 400 people within the yeah. entire organisation. So what about we've got well jason or you know our senior leadership team in a in a i'm just setting an example right a coliseum the roman coliseum right and you have your 400 people sat looking now the demonstrations could be whiteboards or powerpoint presentations that's up on a big screen i mean we're mixing now american football stadiums and the coliseum but you get the idea <laughs> right this is this is all possible in virtual reality we can explore everything right so we can have big screens floating in the air with the PowerPoint presentations. But the key to that is, is that you will always have the best seat in the house, right? You don't necessarily, just because you've got 400 people sat in a Coliseum, virtually it allows everybody to have that perfect view, right? You might be sitting in seat number one, but everybody can sat in seat one from your perspective. But it allows them to say, right, okay, it's a different, it's you, you're enthralled, you're, you're you're immersed into this environment. So A, you're fixing those kind of problems with instead of, and I know at some point my missus is going to walk in the back, back this back door, right? So you can see that those kind of things start to disappear. Um, and we were talking about- You in, want your missus to disappear? <laughs> well, <laughs> not quite. Got your ground there, Ooh. mate. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk about that Coliseum, right? And we could say is if we were a manufacturing organisation, Right. We could be saying, right, we've got a team of 12 people trying to deal with an axle problem. Right. What's stopping us all working around a table in this virtual environment where you spring up a car, you throw your hands in the air, you build a virtual car, you zoom in, you take the wheels off. You can see how the design of that car was built and you can see it in motion and say, there's the problem. That cog isn't aligned right. enough with that. Now stop yeah. right there. Yeah. That you have given me a problem that is solved yeah and so you know there are videos out there on the you know on the internet even going back to when hololens was 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 first coming in about you know you might have multiple engineers in different countries and then they can go and stand in exactly the same place on this virtual image and see exactly what the person was you know the other person was talking about that i 100 percent get i guess it is the you know, when, when, when people talk about the metaverse, it's great. The, I think some of the images that come up are 
and again we talked about this uh, a, a little bit beforehand was you know do i need a virtual office if i need a virtual office do I do I have to furnish it? Does somebody have to make this thing? Am I going to have to rent it off of somebody else? I think these are kind of, albeit silly things, mm-hmm. that will pop up in the, the very senior management head when you say, do you know, what? I want to go and create a complete virtual office so that we can get all the team together and so on and so on. And it'd be looking at you going, what? Yeah. Why? I, oh, yeah. Where, yeah. Whereas that that thing that you've just said about the you know the engineers all looking at the same axle all that kind of stuff that is a real tangible right i get it that mm. that's i understand yeah, yeah. that i would be prepared to yeah. look at investing yeah. In. yeah i mean taking it looking at it from a different angle i'm just trying to think about when voice came out and then audio video and then all these video rooms and things like this and then you maybe it has got a position for a place for, for some people so like if you think about personas of people so you get you get remote workers you get you know, road warriors, you get sort of office space people, but you also get those kind of people who are shy and, and, and don't want to be seen on a video uh, that want to attend meetings, but they don't want to really show themselves and want to have the pajamas on or what have you, but they still want to maybe participate with face reactions and things within a meeting. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe for that type of a group of people, I'm not sure how many there will be, but it's, it's just a category of people it, it actually sort of deals with, if, if, if you like. But does, yeah. does that not almost people who have a genuine you know dislike or fear or whatever being on video fine but other people potentially hiding behind their avatar does this not disconnect people more than us having a face-to-face like we're having a a a video face-to-face now yeah i think of it from I kind of look at this from a like a social media point of view as well because the same kind of thing has happened you've got you've got a big influx of you know your different social media platforms your snapchats and all those kind of things and people using things like bitmojis and you know as their avatars for themselves and you know it's it's almost uh it's almost a way for some people i i see it as a different way of them or how they picture themselves you know Mm. in I don't know, I guess a metaverse or whatever. And that is the picture that they want to kind of portray. So if they do want to, you know, make themselves look different than they can do, and that will help them express themselves with whatever yeah. ideas that they might have. So I kind of I kind of see the kind of to Om's point, you know, if someone is shy or they feel that, you know, they can't express express themselves as much, you know, being seen on camera or maybe on a phone or whatever, but they see this version of themselves virtually that can express and you know yeah. give or input or but do you, are you, are you do you then <clears throat> so people can make themselves look potentially how they would you know give myself some hair and <laughs> all <sorts of> stuff <laughs> but are we then entering into a realm where if people create these avatars that aren't actually particularly realistic representation of them are we entering into the place where the corporate workplace will have to say, well, actually, your your avatar's kind of got to look like you. You you can't turn up as a you know a dog. 
Um, but hasn't that happened already, Pete? So I'll give you an example of a previous place I used to work, right, is your profile pic, right? Now, I I seem to have, I, either fortunately or unfortunately, I share a name from a from a very famous Simpsons character who ran the, uh, <laughs> ran the <laughs> nuclear plant, right? So my avatar was a yellow balding dude, right? So, but at that point, it was, mm, that doesn't feel very corporate. Now, that organization was a very prim and proper suit and tie that's the way uh, and i think the challenge that you're going to have with here with avatars is when you look at the microsoft branding they talk about fixing your problem um with what is generally just a very generic person looking i think where it'll get interesting is as if i was on this meeting and i was dressed as a dragon or my avatar was a dragon or god forbid a kitten with 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 fiery eye and i think peter you, you're right where does it become more of fixing a problem with somebody being shy to a point of it's become too comical because i think if you try and have a if jason tried to have a conference with us and he was a dragon in there i think how many people would take him seriously right it's it's just but i do take the point very quickly very quickly i do take the point with what i'm saying is 90 percent of human communication is non-verbal right now if you've stopped your video and you're doing it voice you're not giving it. I know I feel a lot more comfortable on my one-to-ones with staff because I can see them. I can see if they've got that that frown, if they've got that, or their eyebrows are down. You, they don't have to tell me that something's bothering them. I can see it. And if the avatar is fixing an issue with some of our staff who don't want to turn video on, and we can see that, then isn't it solving a problem? Mm. But I think there is a fine line between. Mm. I, go, I think, I think it age. does have the potential yeah. to to generate problems yeah yeah but going back to the age uh pete i was just the reason i mentioned that is because i mean my, my little kids uh on their ps4s and fives and uh um all day long and i think that next generation of of employees coming into the workplace they they may already be used to doing this kind of stuff yeah. uh, you know they might already yeah. be used to doing avatars and they might for them it's like if you think about you know the generation coming into the office now they and dealing with covid they are probably going through a lot more different experiences than what we yeah. did when we first came into the into the market. And I'm just thinking but, whether that but, market there. But then there's there's also, you know, going going back a few years, you know, when people texted an awful lot to each other and, you know, and even with WhatsApp and, you know, and, and things like that and Twitter, the language has changed. And that's fine. I've got no problem with it, but you can't use that language in the business world because you have to be clear and precise with what you're saying and I think it's a similar sort of thing there will be generations coming through but some of what's out there in the social world can't yeah. really apply in the and corporate I think, world yeah and I think it's important to when we talk about the mesh because I know we've gone a little bit towards the avatars rather than the mesh side but I think if we were mm. to talk about the corporate world and let's take those engineers those people that you're talking to could just be a floating set of goggles right a vr goggles with two hands right so it takes away some of that that fun it doesn't necessarily have to have the dressed up dinosaur that's walked in the room because i'm sorry if i was trying to do a presentation and a dinosaur walked in it happened to be pete <laughs> all right so first you've had to go at my age now you've called me a dinosaur <laughs> thanks well you get the point right so i think when, when, are, when are the reviews coming out <laughs> but so, I think, you know I think okay, the okay, so... ability to expand it doesn't necessarily have to be that fun but it's nice to know that those fun elements can so... be used it just have to be controlled yeah, so I, th- I, th- I think I think we all admit there's a fun thing, and there's, yeah, there's going to be stuff that needs to be worked out. Coming back to the actual mesh piece, then rather than the 
you know, the, the, that sort of more comical side. Um, I am actually quite serious about the fact that there is a generation of, you know, my age who are getting to the points of running businesses. Um, I was going to say signing checks. There you go. That shows how old we are, isn't it? Right. Um, but who, you know, who are in control of organisations? And I think there needs to be an understanding of tell me what it can do from a business perspective. So I think the example you gave about the engineers around the table is massively important. And I wouldn't be surprised if we spent, you know, in the productivity side, the next year and a half to two years having very similar conversations about this is how you could use it. And you might want to, you know, I don't know if you've got some other examples sort of sat around in your in your head, but it's that kind of thing to open up and say, yeah, well, actually, you could use it this way. And that's what's really going to get the traction of it. Yeah. So the big one that I came up with is, is right. So there's two elements that I saw where it really worked, right, is when you're an international organization, the only way to communicate is what you're going to do, pay for your staff to fly to work together. Right. So it gives you that almost that element. Is it just video or can you provide this virtual office? You don't necessarily have to rent it from somebody. In essence, it's infinite. Right. I don't get this idea why people are paying for land masses in these virtual environments of 300 grand. I mean, I wish I was selling ones and zeros for 300 grand. I get to tell you. But the other thing is, is the other example I could see is as a town planner. Right. You think about a town planner, two or three people sat around looking from above. If you can have a virtual layout of your town, like as in Google Maps and you see Google VR at the moment, you can be in there and you can zoom in. And if you're designing new roadways or bypass, right, it gives you that ability to see how that's going to affect the, the whole town, especially if you start doing IoT data. Right. Because mm. how do you visualize that now? So you look at the traffic light systems. Right. If those traffic lights are all starting to say, right, this is the traffic. These are the red. You feed that into a virtual environment and you can see your town and say, right, it's almost like playing cities. Right. I don't know if anybody's played that like SimCity. Right. You're, all you're doing is redesigning a road to say, how does that affect? Yes, in a game world. But can we not gamify it? Because what we say is. If we were to do that with the real life data that we're getting fed in, which could be weather data, it could be uh, emergency data. Where are the, how are the how are the police and ambulance riding through town? Can we make their lives easier and do that within a virtual environment and seeing that with a constant feed of data? in? I think that the potential there is limitless. Yeah. And that's just what two examples. And my but brain doesn't create enough to think of even more. <laughs> but that's it. And I, and I think, you know, um, again, we're sort of getting towards the end of our time, but I think that is going to be the big mission for organisations like us is to go through probably the same way that we did when, you know, uh, Link came out, etc. Yeah. And you had to go, OK, yeah, it's different. This is how it works. This is what you could do. These are the real benefits of it. Yeah. You know, and yes, OK, you can dress up as a hamster and walk to a coffee machine in an office that doesn't exist or whatever. But actually, look at the practical business sides of this. You know, you have the ability to do this. You have. But I think we've got to give people definitely the business people who are owning those organisations enough information for them not to think that this is just sort of some gimmick. gimmick. All the, I mean, you know, all the big techs are desperately throwing money into this metaverse. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if you take you know, a James, uh, if you take a Steve Jobs uh, approach to this, right, is is that it's almost our customers don't know what they need until we tell them what they need. I wonder if yeah. that's what some of these big tech companies are working at on this. It will be interesting, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. You know, I, 
I can't quite I can get my head around some of the practicalities of that. But in the bigger world, you know, I, I can't understand why I would want to set up a virtual golf club that people could come and join a game all that kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe that's team building. There you go. Maybe that's yeah. a new revenue stream coming in and it's looking at the business side of things. So maybe that's a new opportunity for the business, you know. Well, so you um, virtually walk into your doctor's surgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you that's never know. That, yeah. <laughs> maybe before Virtu virtually lift your top up for the uh, <laughs> for the stethoscope. I don't know. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I think it's a I reckon it's a topic we're going to talk about. Actually, both of these topics today, I think we're going to talk about an awful lot more over the coming months because there's so much to them. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what people start to make of this metaverse, because let's face it, for an awful lot of people, this is a complete mind screw yeah. <laughs> of a concept, right? <laughs> and we're going to have to work through that. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, going to be interesting. The 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 Luddites and the the those that accept, and then the oldies and the youngsters, because I think we've got a generation coming through that are looking at Microsoft Outlook and email of a way of doing business and going, what? for real? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Right. We're, we're pretty much on the mark there. Um, I, oh, yeah, I, I think next time we probably ought to do a <clears throat> an hour-long special on productivity and an hour-long special on, yeah. on the metaverse. Uh, and possibly also the spider verse. You know, we can make it much more interesting. Um, but uh, yes, I mean that's that's the end of episode twenty-two. Uh, Steve Menser from our productivity team. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mr. Burns, technical architect. Thank you to you too. Although I'm still not sure I understand the the mesh, but there we go. Um, and Om Lackenpal, pre-sales consultant. Thank you to you too, young man. Uh, and we will be back in a couple of weeks with episode twenty-three. Uh, which might well be a repeat of what we've just talked about today. I don't know. But tell us, tell us the same thing enough time, we'll, we'll get it. But thank you very much, gents. Until Thanks, next time. Take care. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. This is the ModPod, brought to you by Modality, helping businesses optimise their Microsoft technologies everywhere.